Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1991's Boys in the Hood, directed by John Singleton, starring Cuba Gooding Jr., Lawrence Fishburne, and Ice Cube. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? I recently purchased the uh, the Filmstruck uh, service, the oh, streaming platform. Oh, good lord platform. almighty. Oh, it's great. Is it? O- oh. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Unfortunately, I didn't use it for a, a high art film. Okay. Uh, I watched John Waters' second movie, Multiple Maniacs, from 1970. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm just easing myself in. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good beginner's film. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> right. Have you seen that one before? I had never seen it. I know it. you're a fan of Pink Flamingos. Yes, I'd so. seen Pink Flamingos many times, but I hadn't seen his early, early features. Okay. Um, so I got to watch this one, because uh, Criterion did a release on it, and... Um, it's got Divine and David Lockery and Mary Vivian Pierce and all the Dreamlanders, Ming uh-huh. Stoll. Um, so everybody who's in Pink, Fl- Pink Flamingos is in this film. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's not as gross as as Pink Flamingos, but it's just as smutty and, and just as hilarious. Mm-hmm. And anybody who likes John Waters has to see it because, you know, Divine is out of control. And, right. uh, and so is Ming Stoll and David Lockery, actually. So everybody's got to see this. <laughs> cool. Multiple yeah. maniacs. Yes. There we go. I watched When Harry Met Sally. This was my first time ever seeing this movie, man. I've never seen Harry Met When Harry Met Sally. I, I'll tell you what, it's pretty good. Is it? I liked it. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a great director. Yeah. Uh, he's really good at, you know, whatever genre he decides to pick, he can do it. Yep. And dude, this was a great romantic comedy. Was it like a throwback to like old romantic films? I mean, did, do they is that that kind of thing or no? It was just very realistic almost. Oh, okay, it seemed like before sunset at points even. It's just like no kidding. It was really intellectual in a way, and um, yeah, it, it delves into you know you know lower comedy and stuff at yeah, points, but. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal's really good in it. Meg Ryan's really good in it. Okay. Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Yes. There's some good stuff in this movie. And, you know, for a romantic comedy, this is a great one. So, okay. Yeah, When Harry Met Sally, watch it. Okay. Uh, so fans out there, let us know what you've been watching. We want to know. Uh, we'll read them on the air. So let us know. And next week, we'll read them. Mm-hmm. So now, question of the week last week, Dave, was what is the worst movie you own? Yeah. And the fans loved this one. Yes, got a lot of good responses. Um, yeah, so on Instagram, at Here's My Movie Review, said The Green Lantern. So we'll just pass <laughs> over that one. God. These are all bad. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, on Facebook, Erica said Frogs from 1972. Yes, and Stephanie confirmed that it was a, a gift from her to Erica, <laughs> which was excellent. Good gift. Uh, Max said Caligula. Yes. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael says zombie strippers. <laughs> Paul says a sound of thunder. Do, do you know any of these? I know I, you're familiar with Caligula. Oh but... yeah, I've seen Caligula a million times. Okay. Uh, I I had never seen Frogs, but I knew of it. I had I was not totally familiar with the sound of thunder. Okay. Uh, Alan says Cutter's Way. Mm-hmm. Becca said it's either Frankenhooker or Can I Still Do It Till I Wear Glasses. The second one I've seen. You've seen that movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> I've never heard of this shit. Uh, any good? Uh, no. No, okay. it's terrible. Chris says, Howard the Duck or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. What would you say is worse? Oh, Howard the Duck has got to be worse. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jimmy said The Notebook, which that's subjective. Yes. I would say that's not a bad movie. No, it, it's certainly not Frogs or yeah. Caligula. <laughs> or 
Hard Bodies 2, which is what Marty said. <laughs> it's Hard Bodies 2. <laughs> that That is an up-all-night Rhonda Shear picture, yeah, if I've yeah, ever heard of it. Definitely. You know? And Talbot says, Killing Me Softly. Uh, so <laughs> everyone thinks these are some monster movies here. Not, Absolutely. Not in the sense of Dracula. No. But what the fuck, monster? Holy shit. <laughs> these are some bad movies. And when and when Max talked about Caligula, I, I was reminded <laughs> of how many times I've actually seen Caligula and sat through it completely and, and thought it was a legitimate film, um, mm-hmm. not realizing that, like, well, th- when we do our Caligula episode in five years, <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll hear my thoughts on this. But, yeah, that's a horrible film. All right. So thanks for that uh, responses. That was pretty awesome, guys. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned. At the end, we'll give you the new question of the week. Yes. But now it's time to talk about the main event, Dave. Mm. Boys in the Hood. Let's do it. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Uh, well, I guess it's weird doing a synopsis of Boys in the Hood because I, I think what, what, what is necessary, first of all, is to just, like, I guess establish right at the start, uh, like, my kind of history with this because it was okay. a weird thing where I grew up I, I didn't exactly grow up with this movie, mm-hmm. but um, I remember not being allowed to see it, like being totally forbidden and like controls put in place to make sure I didn't see it. Wow. I mean, I was forbidden to see a lot of movies, but I ended up getting away with it. But this is a thing where my parents were actually on alert. I was not to go to the theater and see this film. That's crazy. Yes. There's way worse stuff out here. Absolutely. Well- is it because it's too realistic? I think so. They didn't want you to realize what's going on. They wanted you to be blind. I guess so. Oh man! Yeah. Come and, on. And and also at the at the theater there were many uh, like you know fracases breaking out. Yeah. Um, and like you know people were were getting in fights and and they didn't want me around that. Um, but I was I was certainly like. Me and every, all of my friends, we were of an age where, where we should have been thinking about these issues. Yeah. You know, and right. should have been like kind of uh, getting, you know, uh, educated about things. And that's kind of what the, the message of the movie is kind of targeted to Absolutely. young teens, yes. especially teens in this situation. Yes. So, yeah, that, um, come on, parents. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might not want to see someone getting shot or right. saying motherfucker every 10 minutes. Sure. But, but the message is there. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and it's like we were talking off the air a couple days ago when we were just discussing just doing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, 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 guess, I guess right off the, the top, we'll, we'll just say that we understand the, 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 the message of this film. We, mm-hmm. we, we know what's, what's going on with it. And we also, um, I'll just say, I'll just speak from the heart on this. Nobody who grew up the way I did, probably not the way you did, right. working class white kids, um, are in any position to pass judgment on or even like speak with any kind of authority on what went what goes on in these neighborhoods. Right. You Definitely. Know? And if you do, if you if you are like us and you grew up the way we did and then you encounter someone who grew up in this arena, the best thing you can do is probably just listen. Yeah, don't act like you know what you're doing exactly. or talking about. Yep. This movie does not give you the right Absolutely to tell not. people what's wrong mm-hmm. or how to fix things. That's right. This just is a snapshot of the problem. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. So so tell people about the movie. Sure. What's the synopsis? Okay. Now, so. so the synopsis actually of the film is mm-hmm. that uh, you have these, these these three kids who grew up um, like close to each other. Uh, one of them has a, a really good father, uh, Trey. He, he's he's brought up by Larry Fishburne. Um, then and uh, then you have Doughboy and Ricky who. Um, are being brought up by a single mother who's doing the best she can, um, but Doughboy uh, goes astray 
and you know goes to a life of crime while Ricky is trying to become a, a professional athlete. Yeah, and we see their journey, and um, and we'll get into it. Yeah, it starts out with them as ten year olds. Yes, the first thirty minutes or so is them as ten year old boys mm-hmm. roaming around the neighborhood. Right, very bad neighborhood to be in. Yes, drugs, guns, violence all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even do a stand-by me and go look for the dead body on the train tracks, you know? God, when little Chris says, look, you want to see a dead body, it's uh-huh. not, It's not. we're going to go, we're going to three-day walk and, you know, no. find this thing behind the train tracks. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. Yeah. And every week, there's, oh, let's go to this dead body. Exactly. You know? Yes. Um, yeah, it's not a good place you want to be growing up. It's horrific. So you can see why... Some of the kids turn out that way, and the other kids are trying to mm-hmm. avoid that. Yes. Trey and Ricky, uh, specifically. Right. Um, Ricky, his father's not in the picture. Right. Trey's is. Um, and Ricky's still able to, you know, stay out of things, even though his brother gets involved. Yeah. Which has got to be a really weird situation to be in, because mm-hmm. your brother is being this gangbanger. Right. And you're trying to stay straight. Yeah. Uh, but you gotta love your brother. So what do you do, man? It's it's I, a weird situation to be exactly in. like. Well, you, you said you gotta love your brother. I guess that's all you can do mm-hmm. is is try to be his friend. Try try to be someone he can talk to. Right, and they they do love each other. Yes, and they even say stuff to each other like <laughs> you like why are you playing football or man you gotta stop all that gangster shit out. Like what are you doing? Right, like exactly. they, they're not afraid to tell each other like <laughs> you're stupid <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah, because they, they they have yeah. opposite like life paths, but and, and they're they're constantly at each other. You know, telling that the other one's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So at the end of that whole sequence, uh, who's it? Who's their friend? Um, little Chris, little Chris, yeah, little Chris. He's the guy who ends up in the wheelchair. Yeah, little Chris and Doughboy get arrested. Yeah, and then uh, it cuts to seven years later. Right, and then it, that's when they're you know the seventeen-year-old boys. Yes, and the real story kind of begins. Yes, and all the principal actors who we talked about before are now in here. Um, Trey has grown up to be Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, um, <laughs> nice roll of the dice exactly. there. <laughs> And Doughboy is played by Ice Cube, and and mm-hmm. um, Morris Chestnut plays Ricky. Mm-hmm. I love Ice Cube in this film. Yeah, I think he's dynamite. He's awesome. Um, he's, I mean, you know, he comes from this background. Yeah, so he can of course, you know, extract from his real life. Yep. To to play this character, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he just is also doing a great job acting through and the it, whole thing. It's his first movie role from from what I understand and he's yeah. totally I mean it, it's it's a role he would be like like you said he he knows the character and and mm-hmm. it was very probably easy for him to, to channel this stuff but he's excellent in this. Yeah, especially at the end when he yep. has that little speech. Yep. You know it's the famous line oh, either they don't know, don't show or don't care about what's going on in the hood. And it, and that speech gets you every time. Yeah. I mean, and like, he has a he starts he has a he he cries. I know. In the scene. I know. And I know that he has said that's like the hardest thing he ever had to do because he was so used to burying all his feelings and being sure. hard, you know? Yeah. So to do that is so awesome that he like totally engulfed himself into the role. That's right. Yeah. He wasn't Ice Cube. He was no, Doughboy. No, he, he, he wasn't he, he wasn't bringing the knowledge of the streets to each right. and all, dude. Uh-huh. He, he was speaking from the heart and he was doing the same thing that NWA was doing, but he was he was like being very serious and sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. And that's and what the what even comes before that that 
what he says before, you know, the, the line, don't know, don't show, is yeah. he's saying he was watching television and there was a there was a bunch of uh, like stuff like footage of like foreign nations yeah. and like you know war torn countries and everything and how that, violent these countries are yes how and, terrible are these oh, what, foreign countries what must it be like to live in such a place and, yeah and across the street I mean he just he just got done being in a violent altercation like mm-hmm. six hours ago he just murdered a guy yes. who murdered his brother that's right and he's he and every one of his friends everyone I mean that that's the the unimaginable thing that we can't even you know, like conceive of is just that like you and everyone, everybody, you know, is going to be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it, th- there's like two, you know, destinies for you. Yep. One is being killed. One of the others being in jail. Yep. And he even says, what's going to happen next? Someone's going to come and smoke me. Yep. But I guess we're all going to die anyway. So <laughs> God, God I, I, it sucks. I know. <laughs> I know. And what else can he do? But just like, oh, uh, well, go on slinging. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just just keep selling drugs to people and, and, you know, wait for his number to come up. And I think that's a good thing the movie does. It's they know that this is the problem, but they can't do anything to change it. Right. Or if they do, they're just going to get killed anyway. That's true. So why don't they just perpetuate it so they can survive? You know, like, if, if, if I don't do this, someone else is going to do it that's and right. I'll end up dead. Yep. Um, and they, that even happens when Lawrence Fishburne gives, like, the gentrification speech yes. in the movie. He brings Trey and Ricky out to Crenshaw and, mm-hmm. like, look at this billboard, you know. Right. They're trying to bring our property values down so they can move us out and mm-hmm. then sell it for a profit. And they just want us to kill each other. There's a gun store in every corner. There's a liquor store in every corner, you right, know. Right, right. And, like, there's the people on the corner, like, all the gang on the corner comes up, come over. Yep. And the old man's like, it's like these idiots over here doing it. <laughs> right. And the guy even says, like, if I'm not doing this, someone else is going to come up and kill me. And I can't fight back, you know. It's just that's the environment created for them. And they're a victim of it. It's a convoluted problem. It's a, that, it's that a vicious it's, circle. Of course. And, and and the only way to... It's going to take generations to solve it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like there, there's... Even if everyone just sort of woke up at once and decided to, like, stop this thing, mm-hmm. how can you fix something that that's, that's this deeply woven into what you are? I have no clue. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we, we've talked before about... Um, we, we, we talked about how, like, you know, every parent f- sort of fears for their child, but, like, that this is different. Um, it doesn't really change even when they get to high school. I mean, like, like early in the film, when, when, when all the, the main characters are kids, you know, like, we see a lot of stuff where, like, Lawrence Fishburne is, like, trying to, uh, he's trying to, like, kind of be a drill sergeant to Trey. Yeah. Um, he's, he's making him do chores. He's very regimented. He's very stern with him, but also loving. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really change when Trey gets older. We, we see that he's got a job. So like Lawrence Fishburne is making him, you know, yeah. go and work. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's got good clothes now and he's got a car. Yep. Uh and, and it came by he came by it honestly cuz you know Furious, uh, that's Lawrence Fishburne's name is Furious, I love that name. which is an excellent <laughs> <laughs> And his company is Furious Financial. <laughs> if your name is Furious, you have to have your own business uh-huh. and it has yes. to be called Furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yes. I love that. What he says when he teaches Trey in the beginning is I wrote down the quote here. He says, I'm trying to teach you how to be responsible. Those friends across the street don't have anybody to show them how to do that. And you'll see how they turn out. That's and, what he says when they're when he's a kid. And he's completely right. Yep. I mean, like like Ricky Ricky turns out okay. 
Um, he's going to be a success in life. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's got he's got some avenues for it, but he actually still, you know, he, he got into some trouble himself um, when, you know, him and Shanice had a baby. Yeah. You know, when when they were 16 and, um, you know, things aren't great for him because he does not have like the the role models he needs his his mother his the doughboy and ricky's mother are is like probably is working doing all she can but but she can't be everywhere at once mm -hmm. and when you've got doughboy as your brother um yeah yeah he, we we've talked about how awesome ice cube is in the movie but imagine if Do the real doughboy was your brother and he was the oldest and he was like supposed to be looking out for you this dude yeah. who kills people yeah you know it's it's tough yeah and you don't you don't want to be around that Right. But it's in your house with you 24-7. There you go. There you go. Right. There's yeah. no way to avoid it. No way at all. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, well, with, with with Furious and Trey, mm -hmm. um, they, they have a really great relationship. Um, and there's a scene early in the movie that, that I thought was very truthful um, for every kid. And it's when Trey lies to his dad about having sex with the girl. Yeah. Um, Furious just asks him, you know, straight up, have you, uh, have you, you know, have you been with a lady yet? He sniffs him. <laughs> He's sniffing him while giving him a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he just comes out and says it. And Trey, like, decides to tell this, spin this yarn uh -huh. about being on Crenshaw one day with Ricky and all the guys. And, mm -hmm. like, this, this Jeep full of babes comes up. Yeah. And the one girl gets out and, like, just walks right up to Trey and, like, has, you know, porno dialogue uh -huh. about, that was in the trailer. Uh -huh. I remember seeing that in the, and thinking, well, why are they showing this in a movie about uh, whatever? But um, it ends up being, he, he's lying. Yeah. This didn't really happen. Yeah. He was just saying this to look impressive in front of his dad. Yep. But it, it backfires on him because uh, when, when Furious asks him, what did you use for protection? He goes, well, I didn't do anything. She said she was on the pill. And this pisses off Furious. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, he's like, he's telling Ricky about it. And uh, mm -hmm. he admits that he lied about this thing. Right. Um, and it never, they, they, he never like goes back to, I mean, I guess you wouldn't, but I mean, will you go back to your father that you just lied to about having sex with a woman? Yeah. Um, but it, it was, it, I, it was a really cool thing that was unexpected in this movie. I remember the first time I saw it going, well, I can't believe they put this in there, you know, cause it seems like an, a, a weird thing to, to include in a story about like these events. Yeah. Know? And I always just thought it was a cool thing. It's the first time he ever lied to his dad. Yes. Like, in seven years, we're led to believe. Right. That's a lot, right. man. And, but why would... I guess, I mean, when you're that age, I guess, and you're in that environment, and you're supposed to be hot shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. You might be embarrassed by not... I mean, obviously, that's why he lied. Of he course. was embarrassed. Right, right, right. But uh, he confides in Ricky, which is good. Right. Then Ricky makes fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> which, this is why he lies to, lied to his dad. He didn't want to be, you know... Like, oh, you're just a little boy still. Exactly, you know? yes. And, and Ricky, <laughs> who is always armed with, with uh, like, a pastry of some kind and a big <laughs> thing of milk. I mean, always. In every He's scene. got a milk carton in his hand no matter what. <laughs> yes. When yes. he gets shot, he has a milk Dude, carton. Oh, my God, I know. And and let's just talk about Ricky getting shot because we're all over the place with everything. Like, we always are. So the the, the main right. the main driver of the tension in this movie is, is, of course, what's going on in South Central and how it comes to your door no matter, you know, what it because you have no choice. No matter what. Even people who are, are not involved in it directly yes. are affected by this. That's right. Even people who are about to get out yep. can still get killed. Exactly. 
Um, and and it ha- and it's happening still. It happens every day. Mm-hmm. So like Ricky, um, R- Ricky and Trey, after they did their SATs, they went to uh, Crenshaw one night for like the, I guess like a sort of a. A uh, place where everybody just goes to hang out, and mm-hmm. this guy Ferris and well, his gang. What they did, they went to because they just had the speech from yes from Furious about how we need to, you know, band together and stop the violence, stop this black on black violence. Right, you know. Right. And then they're like, "Man, I wish Doughboy would have heard that speech." So they go to tell him about it. Yep. And they go to Crenshaw, and that this is when it happens. That's right. Yep. And Ferris like bumps Ricky, and it's one of those times where it's it's just it it's it's a. A thing where when, whenever you run into somebody, you know, you're always afraid that they want to start a fight. And in this case, of course, you know, these kind of, this kind of dude, he wants to start a fight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the next day they, they see Ferris's car and they know, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what this is about. Like Trey and Ricky are coming back home from the grocery store and they decide to split up and like, mm-hmm. you know, try to run away. Actually, it's Ricky's plan to split up. Trey says, let's stick together because that's the smart thing to do. Right. And he's like, no, man, it's going to be fine. They're they're not going to do anything. And uh, Ricky goes the wrong way. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, and, you know, like when he is running away and, you know, Trey yells, you know, Ricky. And uh, it, 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 no matter what, no matter how many times I see this movie, like Ricky getting gunned down, like never ceases to not get me. Yeah. You know? It's uh, that slow mo, yeah. and and the music playing, and right. Actually, is there even any music? It goes silent. It goes mute for a second, yeah. and then it's like he's running in slow motion, and then and then they stop the slow motion, and that's when the, sw- the squibs go off. Uh huh. Yeah, and and it it shows him drop the milk. Yep. You know. Yeah. Drops his scratchers. Yep. His chocodiles. Like those squibs. This is some of the best squib work I've seen. I thank you. I was gonna yeah. say that. Yes, of course. It. it it just his chest, like an alien, comes out of his I chest. I know it, it, it's it's yeah. a burst. I mean, it's, it's it's like the most violent thing. Because I mean, I guess if you're if you're hit with a sawed-off shotgun from from twenty yards away, that is what would happen to you. Yeah, you just get opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and 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 Trey is beside himself, and uh, you yeah, know, and then Doughboy and Monster and Chris and Dookie come mm-hmm. up, and they they're gonna take. I the love bo- how it's Dookie. There's by a dude the way. named Dookie, yeah. And, yeah. and it says it on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they, they, they take the body back to the house. Yeah. I don't know why they brought him home. Me neither. I'm Instead not, I'm not just sure c- what that is. I mean, I, I know you can't call the police. Yeah. That's not, so that's I don't not know. how it is. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Right. But yeah, they bring him home and this is one of the most emotional scenes in the movie. Yeah. Like the mom comes out, yep. you know, Ricky's girlfriend comes out. The mother of his son yep. comes out right. and sees him laying there bleeding all over the couch with the plastic on it. Yes. Yes. The couch is ruined now. Yes. Doesn't of matter how much plastic you got. Monster's on not playing duck hunt anymore. <laughs> right. Now it's like actually they're, I fucking they're... love when he right. played duck hunt. And they get kicked out of the house. Yes. And I think little Chris like, I didn't even get to play. Like, <laughs> right. Chris didn't get a turn. <laughs> right. But man, they come out and they're just screaming. Hysterical. Mm-hmm. The baby's screaming. Yeah. Trey is uh frenetic everywhere. Right. Uh and then the mom starts hitting Doughboy. What'd you do to him? Yeah. Because they were just fighting in the front yard before. Right. I love that touch because it's like Ricky is the favorite, you know. It's and, been... and Doughboy that yeah. is even like, you know, I didn't do anything. Right. Why are you always blaming me? Right. Like, he's always the troublemaker. Mm-hmm. He gets blamed for everything. That's right. And Ricky's a, a perfect angel. Yeah. Even and when so, they were, when they were kids, you could see that like she clearly favors Ricky. Right. And even when Ricky dies, she's so all over the place. The first thing she does is blame 
Doughboy. Yeah. Darren. Or is it Darren or Darren? Darren. It's Darren. Darren. Okay. Yeah. Even though she might not believe it, that's her first reaction. Yeah. It's just, my son's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, mm-hmm. I got to yell at something. Right. Mm-hmm. She's blaming the streets, and she's blaming their, their situation. Right. And what better representation of that than her other son, yeah. who was all kind of mixed up in this. Yeah. So when they were at Crenshaw and the first confrontation happens, yeah. does... Okay, so when it's Ferris, Ferris yeah. turns around to start something... Mm-hmm. Doughboy runs in front of Ricky and shows his piece. Yes. And it's like, you got a problem? Right. If he didn't do that, you think this would have escalated to this level? Did Doughboy cause this <sighs> by trying to be too hard? Wow. Uh, it's possible. It's possible, yeah, yeah that, that, that that could have contributed to it, yeah. It's possible, but dude, even earlier when, when fucking Trey's walking across the street yeah. and almost gets hit by Ferris in the car, right. they pull a shotgun on him. Just, just for no reason. Just for other being than, in the street. Yeah, exactly. Just you were in my way. Yes. So I don't know. It's possible that he, you know, made the situation worse by saying, "Hey, we got a problem," and showing his gun. Right. Right. But maybe it still would have happened. Because Ricky talking back to him probably wouldn't have escalated it into "I'm going to kill you." Yeah. But yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's possible that, that that Doughboy semi pulling a gun on them had something to do with this. Yeah. 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 Wow. And then they pull out that Uzi at the at Crenshaw and blast it in there, and everyone goes running. Everyone goes running. Dude. I mean, because because like you know, like Ferris is just emptying a whole clip into the air. Mm-hmm. They must have an arsenal in that trunk. I'm sure they do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, all legal guns, by the way. <laughs> yes, sure. of it's all, course. All, oh yeah, yep. no serial numbers scratched <laughs> off. This is all on the up and up. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, the black cop. Yeah, I want to talk about him real quick. Yeah, let's do it. So in a movie about this environment, mm-hmm. would you think they would have a white cop doing this? Why would they make it a black cop? Well, I, I, I know that just from back then, just in the in the, the reading I was doing back then and uh-huh. also listening to NWA. Yeah. Here, here's what I surmised. And well, and I'm just I'm speaking actually from knowledge later in life, too. OK. Is that like. That back then, at least, the perception of African American cops by African Americans living in these neighborhoods—that they were just white people, yes, themselves, they, exactly—and okay. and, and it was even worse because that like they'd been like they were turncoats, okay, like self-hating, you know, right? Uh, and it's like back during slavery, the house, yes, of course, you know. that 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 is the term they used. Yeah, was that was that. okay, and um, and like this this particular guy. We see him in the beginning of the movie, like having a, a. It took him an hour to get to Furious's house after the break-in. Right. Yeah. Um. And he's immediately like, like saying vile things about you know young black he's, men. He's dropping the N word. Yep. Like. Yep. Referring to the people in the neighborhood as that. Right. But not himself. Yes. Like separating himself. Right. From the race of black people. Right. He even says it's a shame you didn't get him. It'd be one less. Yes. You know, yes. out here on the street. Right. And he says it so, like, very, he's mean. Oh, yeah. He's, he's being, he's like, spitting the words, yeah. you know? I mean, he, he right just, in Lawrence Fishburne's face. Yes. And, 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 like, uh, and later on, after the whole Crenshaw incident, like, the, the cops are, are, are trying to get people, you know, because, like, mm-hmm. f- when Ferris was firing that gun around, um, and they stop Ricky and Trey in Ricky, in, uh, Trey's Beetle, and, they pull him over and he starts in on Trey. He he's like yeah. he's roughing him up, slapping him around. 
And like Cuba Gooding in this scene is is it's another good piece of acting from him where the the, the guy has him by the throat and is like he has know, his gun to his throat. Yes, mm-hmm. and like Cuba looks up and in that moment. He's not a grown man anymore. He's a scared kid. Mm-hmm. And like that one tear comes down his face. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Because he's really, really afraid of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. this cop is just doing that same thing again of like of like accusing him of being a gangster and, and also like talking about how that's why he took this job was to was to scare little you yeah. know, motherfuckers like you. Uh-huh. Um, and... I mean, like they, they they eventually let them go because they have nothing on them. But right. like they they when they put the camera on on uh, on Ricky and the white cop, they, they they both are just looking at this cop, you know, like like yeah. in disbelief. Yeah, you know, like like they don't want to say anything because this guy's obviously unhinged. But they they just can't believe this is happening. You know. Yeah, he's fucking crazy. Exactly. This, guy. this guy's a psychotic. I I think also the choice of having him be a black cop, right, kind of exemplifies. The black on black violence message of the movie. You know, it's not cops versus no, black. It's no. black people killing black people. Right. It's the problem. Right. And 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 that that's a very interesting touch to, mm-hmm. to make I mean, like, especially when it's the LAPD, which which I mean, in your mind, in nineteen ninety one, if you mention the LAPD, you're picturing Daryl Gates and Burt Samuels, right, yeah. you know, like white men with mustaches kicking some guy on the ground. Yeah. And to have it be represented by this is like a completely out of nowhere touch that I really enjoy. I think you it's know? it's a good touch. It's not what you expect. No. And it's unique. Like it yes. makes it it's a unique quality that this film has. Yes. That other films that touch on this subject doesn't. I mean in colors you have Sean Penn beating people up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh in Menace to Society it's it's completely different. It's it's what we'd expect. And those are great yeah, movies. Even when we did House Party. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the white same cops. thing. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 like it's it's effective, but but like this one really kind of like drives it in because like mm-hmm. you said it's why why aren't you as a policeman doing more for this community instead of just per, instead of just like, you know, like mm-hmm. doing even going above and beyond what your what your asshole partners, you know, or uh, what you what your other brothers in blue are doing, you mm-hmm. know, um, right? Yeah, he sucks. He does. That's this, how you can this, say this it. This guy's an irredeemable character, you know. Ah, oh, dude. And I, I mean, it was after this that like we don't we don't really we didn't get into yet. Um, that there's another character in the movie played by Nia Long. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she lives across the street. Brandy. Brandy, and she is like uh, Trey's girlfriend. And like she is a very virtuous girl who wants to go and be something mm-hmm. in life. Yep. And she you always see her studying. Um, she goes to Catholic school and uh, like all Trey wants to do. He loves her, but but he is all about, you know, he having wants sex. to not be lying to his dad. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's constantly on her about it. Um, and he's even like, he even does want to marry her. He, he, he's like, you know, well, so if we're getting married and you want to save yourself from yeah. marriage, then what's the difference if we just do it right now? <laughs> just trying to justify this somehow. It's, it's like, ridiculous logic. And yes. she doesn't fall for no, it. No, she doesn't I mean, because she's a smart woman right. and, and she sees right through this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until she really falls in love with him and, and sees him for who he really is. Mm-hmm. And not just this guy who's like, you know, trying to be a bad dude. Um, yeah. that she, she does, you know, and they have a nice time together. That's one of my favorite scenes because mm-hmm. right after Trey is harassed by the police, right, he goes to Brandy's house and comes in, doesn't even really say anything, right, and kind of hugs her a little, and he starts like crying and 
just mumbling. Like, you don't really understand him saying, like, yeah, fuck you, God, fuck Yes, yes. Like, this, and he starts, like, punching the air right. out of frustration right. and bawling his eyes out, just mm-hmm. mad at the world. Yes. Because wh- why are they harassing him? What's the problem? Why are people killing each other? Why are people shooting Uzis? <laughs> you know? And, and he's so frustrated with exactly. it. Exactly. And why am I, the, the, this guy who who's not doing anything, who isn't mixed up in crime, being targeted? Right. I mean... And he he goes there, and Brandy just sits down on the couch, almost scared, but kind of in shock. Like, whoa, what the hell is right. going on? Right. And he, he just starts crying, and she comforts him. And he's so open to her there and vulnerable. Yes. yes. He even says, I never thought I'd cry in front of a girl or whatever. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But... And and she and yeah and, yeah and he doesn't even need to explain the situation. He doesn't say, yeah. "Oh, I was just on Crenshaw and they pulled me over and here's what happened." Right. I mean, maybe she doesn't know exactly what went down, but she she can clearly see that he is uh, he's an open book right here. Uh huh. You know, and and that and th- this is what intimacy is mm-hmm. is being able to be this and be this, this way. This leads to them losing their virginity together. Yes. Which I like the way they did it. It didn't just cut from them hugging mm-hmm. and oh, I understand you're very upset, Trey. Right. Let me have pity sex with you. <laughs> no, it wasn't right. that. No, it was not. It cuts to them laying in bed talking. Yep. And they're discussing the issue of having sex. That's true. And she says, "Yes, I'm okay with this. Let's do it." Right. Right. And they do it. <laughs> like. I love how they have that scene of them talking about how it's okay, and we both are fine with it. It makes it non-cinematic. Yeah. You know? I loved it. Yeah, it's cool. It could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. That makes it sound like it's bad. It could have been bad. <laughs> right. It could have been bad. Instead, it was effective yeah. and, re- and re- uh, realistic. And good, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. Um, he's good. He, he's mm-hmm. In fact, he's my favorite part of it. Yeah. Um, and maybe just because I'm partial to Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. in, in, in every way. Um, I know why he's raising Trey by himself, um, because it didn't work out with him and Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Reva is her name, but, uh, and I, I wish that, that it would have been more of Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne together because there's that one scene in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, Angela Bassett has gone on and, and become like very successful in business. It looks like she's right. got like a, she probably lives in Beverly Hills. She's, she's got, got a nice this, apartment yes, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And um, she wants Trey to come live with her because early in the movie, she sent Trey to live with Furious because um, her neighborhood was, you know, not like offering. It wasn't, it wasn't good either. Exactly. And he was getting into trouble. Yes. Um, and she's figured, you know, she even says, I can't teach him how to be a man. Yeah. You need to do that. Yeah. So, and he's been wanting his son and now she's get, giving to him. Yes. Full mm-hmm. time. Not right. just weekends. Right. It's, it's, it's full custody for, for Furious. Mm-hmm. And they have this, um, this showdown in the cafe because, uh, Reva wants, wants Trey to come live with her again when he's almost mm-hmm. finished with high school and kind of, you know, established himself, you know, doing what he's, do, you know, mm-hmm. with his life the way it is now. And Furious doesn't want that to happen. He, he wants to leave it up to Trey and Trey doesn't want to go. Right. And she's telling him he has to tell Trey to, to come to Beverly Hills. Right. Um, and okay. So we, as the audience, we, we don't want to see Trey go um, for for selfish reasons because we don't want him have to say goodbye to to, to Brandon right, and Ricky yeah. and all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it would be cool if he could go and be at Beverly Hills High School. He'd be way you know? better off. He would, you know. Of course, he won't be around the crime. Yes, the violence. Yes, you know. And and then she has a. But it's his home. It is. This is where this is where he knows. This is what he understands. 
Um, and even though we, 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 we don't want to see him like go for, like I said, just the plot of the movie reasons, we, we, we understand that he should go. And also like Reva has a great speech where she, where furious doesn't want to hear it. He mm-hmm. goes, I'm going to go get some cigarettes. And she goes, you sit down right now. And she, before I raise my voice and make a fool out of the both of us, it's awesome. And he goes, okay. And he, sits down. <laughs> and he sits back down <laughs> to drink his cafe au lait. Yeah. And, uh, and she tells him like, you did a good job raising this boy. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've done amazing. And, and, uh, she, she makes mention of the fact that like, you know, most, most guys in your situation and our situation wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But it doesn't make you special. Yeah. Um, she says, you may be cute, but you're not special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Larry Fishburne just kind of smiles. Yes. Like, yeah, oh, he's like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I am pretty cute. but <laughs> Right. Yeah. And she, she even says, you don't get to tell me I can't be a mother to my son. Yep. Like, yep. yeah. All right. You're his father. I'm his motherfucking mother. <laughs> exactly. I gave. I don't care if he's message. 17. Yes. Yes. Good point. Point taken. Absolutely. Match set points. Yes. And it, and <laughs> and it's the only time where Furious is made to look like you know someone who's like he's constantly throughout the movie like like being right in every situation. Yeah. This is one time where it's like oh he doesn't have every answer for every situation. Right. You know. Um. And I love. There's the scene when Trey's on the phone with Brandy oh, talking my dirty, and his mom calls, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, hold on, I got Brandy on the other line. Let me hang up." And like he clicks over, and he's like, "Says something really naughty and he sexy." Says, like, so you're gonna give me them skins or what? <laughs> and then she goes, "Excuse me." It's his mom on the line still. And I, when he when he clicks over to, and answers the phone call initially, he goes, "Who dis?" <laughs> And his mom's like, who dis? Is that how you answer the phone? And then when he hands the phone to Lawrence Fishburne, he goes, who dis? <laughs> That's where he got it from. Of course. Dude. <laughs> and by the way, after I saw this movie the first time, I started saying who dis when I answered Did you? the phone. Oh, I had it's to do so it good. it's so cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Not anymore. No, no, you can't do it in 2017. In 1991, it yes, was pretty absolutely, awesome. absolutely, man. You were rad. <laughs> Um, so, all right, let me just get this out real quick. Some yeah. of my favorite ice cube insults. Please. I yes. got a, sm- a short list here. <laughs> Go for it. And it's not even insults, his lines, I guess. Mm-hmm. We got, we got that classic, you know, they don't know, don't show. But yeah. I prefer things such as domino motherfuckers. <laughs> That's his first on-screen piece of dialogue in film history. Says, I know. <laughs> and also he, he calls someone Tecmo Bowl playing motherfucker. <laughs> Which is fucking awesome. <laughs> he says it to Ricky. Does that yes. it? <laughs> and at the beginning when he's a kid, he's talking to Trey. He's like, this fool's got more comics than a motherfucker. <laughs> it's it's fucking yeah. awesome. I know. I love it. I love those lines. Dove They're Boy's, so good. Doughboy's dialogue is so cool in uh-huh. this movie, whether he's a little kid or he's an adult. God, I, I would be talking like this every day <laughs> if I saw this when I was the right age. And I was. I mean, like, that, that, yes. that one that, that one. Your mom and about, dad didn't stop it. No, exactly. No. The, 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 the line little Doughboy says, this, this fool's got more comics than a motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually know what it meant at the time, like, fully. I was like... I wonder what a motherfucker is. You know, like I didn't understand that it just meant a human. It's a common you know? collector. Exactly. A comic yes. collector. It's it's a person who collects comic books, apparently. Yes. <laughs> it just means person. Exactly. That that's all it is. I and love and it. I and I mean, God, uh and you know, 
like as good as Ice Cube is, and Morris Chestnut's really excellent. In the yeah, movie. he's great. Um, and Cuba Gooding, I mean, you know, what can you say? He he's this this was his first like major role in a movie, and you know he he has all he has he brings Trey to life. You know, yeah, and, and we're following him like he's kind of our eyes throughout this whole thing, and he he brings like such. Like like sensitivity to his role, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I just love him in this movie, and I'm I'm glad to see that his career like like took off after this, that he started to get leading man roles and and was a fixture. Yeah, know? like no one in this movie was a name yet. No, Lawrence Fishburne wasn't even a name yet. He had done some he things, had done some things, but he wasn't a right. huge like. It's not like oh Lawrence Fishburne. No, exactly. Yeah, him and Angela Bassett <laughs> weren't totally established yet. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, and Ice Cube had never been in a movie. I think it took John Singleton two years of harassing him to do the role. And I believe that, yeah. 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 Um, and got, by the way, John Singleton, what a knockout first movie to yes. make. Yes. He got nominated for Best Director and Best Screenplay. That's right. At age and, 23. And I heard he was shopping this around to everybody and they wanted to take it from him. Like, and, uh, and sure. they didn't want him to direct. Yes. And I think Columbia Pictures told him, no, we don't, we'll give you a hundred grand. Just give us the script. He said, no, I want to direct it. This is what I was born to do. Yes. And then they turned around and said, all right, here's $6 million. Make it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, they, they probably thought they were screwing him over. Like probably they were really $6 getting, million. You know? Oh, here you go. It's a little six. Exactly. Here, here's Whatever. something for you. Here's a, a little taste. And he probably looked at the $6 million and went, $6 million? <laughs> I thought it was going to be like 500000 Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making Boys in the Hood, and it's going to be the best thing you've ever seen. And they filmed it in the hood, yeah, actually, yeah. on location. I mean, it's 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 totally re- it's totally real, you know. Like like, and and there really was, and John Singleton himself kind of grew up like Ice Cube did too. Yeah. Um. So did the Hughes brothers, Al Allen and Albert Hughes. They made Menace to Society, you know, like along the same lines. They they grew up in this in this environment too. So right. They, it takes that kind of eye to understand, you know. Yes, exactly. All right, dude. When I was younger, mm-hmm. I used to think the movie was Menace Society too. <laughs> Society too. Yeah, I was like, "Where's Menace Society One?" <laughs> oh shit, man! So whatever. That's a sidetrack. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I kind of sucked a little bit back in the day, dude. Whatever. It's all right. <laughs> it's fine. I have one little criticism about the film. Go ahead. Just like with Longtime Companion, mm. I feel like it's a little PSA sometimes. Okay, like. No, you can get AIDS from oral sex. Like mm. things like that yeah. come up in the yeah. movie a little bit. Right. It's like, don't you use protection? Blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. Right. Um, it doesn't detract from the film at all. No. Um, it it's not extremely obvious and out of place. It fits, but I can't help but feeling like, all right, you're just preaching to me mm-hmm. about shit I know. Yeah. And that could also be the fact that this is 26 years later. I'm watching yes. the movie again. So I think that has a lot to do with yeah. it because like w- when you're seeing it as a grown up, you're like you already know these lessons. You, you've you've right, yeah. become a grown up. So you, you've managed to sidetrack, managed to sidestep all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it can feel a little bit like they're preaching to you. Right. Um, but and, in 91. Yeah. This stuff was still like not common knowledge. No. And it needed to be talked about. Right. People were still like that ignorant about HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. And and. And even just the rest of the content of this movie. I mean, like they, they, oh, well, you know, Ferris is wearing red. He must be a blood. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that's as, that's as far as your knowledge of that, you know, 
the, the, of those conflicts existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably what I know. That's what I thought. Oh, Ferris and his gang are all wearing different colors. That that must mean they're they're in the bloods. I mean, I I didn't know anything. <laughs> they're I in the I'd, rainbows. Yeah, yeah. Right? who knows? And and it's like I and I, and I remember wanting like being here's how stupid I was in uh-huh. 1991. I wanted an L.A. Kings hat. Really? Because. Like all the coolest people were wearing Raiders and Kings stuff. All right, you know, yeah. And, and I thought, well, if I put that on, I'll, I'll, I'll become, you know, MC <laughs> Ren or something. I mean, it was, I was so, I was so dirt stupid. Pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, and Doughboy's wearing a Detroit hat though, so which, which threw me off when I first saw the movie. Why is he wearing an old English D Detroit Tigers hat? That doesn't fit. I have no clue. Um, Ferris has got bull stuff on. I mean, they didn't even do the Raiders and Kings thing. It, it, I mean, it was it was really I don't know ninety one bulls. I mean, I mean, well, but that's the thing. I mean, like, like, I don't know why he would have it, it, exactly. It, it didn't. It didn't compute for me, right. knowing what I like. The only knowledge I had of these things were what I'd seen on TV. So when someone shows someone shows me something different, it didn't work for me. I always wanted the Kings jersey though, too, because of Wayne Gretzky. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You wanted it because of Wayne Gretzky, not because you looked awesome in it. <laughs> that's you <know>? true. <laughs> oh uh, man, dude. And I I don't really have much of a of a of a beef with the movie other than it's just something I noticed. Like, um, the, the, the rest of the fashion in this movie, there are so many yellow and gold Everything, blouses. Everything's and shirts. A, br- a brown mustard color. Uh, it's, it's out of control. <laughs> I mean, the, when Trey walks in, we're in that, that, to, to, that the, to the barbecue man. with oh. the shirt. And it's got the, the big, like the big pockets. Yes. Like, oh, and it's tucked in <laughs> yes. and poofing. Oh man. And, and when he lays on his bed, he's got that, that white t-shirt tucked into the jeans. Uh huh. I had forgotten t-shirts tucked into jeans. Oh yeah. That's a real dad move. It is totally. Now you see it. What do you, I mean, but in 1991 with Cuba Gooding Jr. was sexy as hell. <laughs> and then when the the scout for USC yeah. comes to the house, fucking Ricky and his mom are wearing <laughs> yellow shirts. It's the, it's the fourth it's, and fifth yellow shirt we've seen in this movie. I mean, it's it's so wild. I love it. <laughs> and it's only the people not getting into trouble. <laughs> That's true. That's if everyone just wore this nasty yellow mustard <laughs> shirt. Everyone be fine. It's the color of virtue, mustard <laughs> oh, yellow. <my> God. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't have a problem with anything in the movie. No, so. no. Uh, but anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I, I think we've hit everything. This is one of the first times I've like you know gone down my notes and seen everything that just kind of like organically made it into our conversation. No, I, uh-huh. I'm good. Yeah, me too. So, would you recommend it? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. If if you've gone this far in life without having seen Boys in the Hood then you and I probably can't really talk about movies because like this is just part of the culture by now. Um, so yeah, please All see right. this. Yeah. How many stars, Dave? This gets four stars from me. Okay. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it four stars. Mm-hmm. Four really big, shiny, yes, yes. hard stars, big, man. Big, bright, shining stars. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Four Mark Wahlberg cocks. <laughs> Yep. Dude, <laughs> this movie's dynamite. Uh-huh. Everyone should see this movie. Yeah. It's a classic, and it's an important film. It's in the Library of Congress. Increase like, the peace. That's right. Yeah, increase the peace, man. So, yeah, I totally recommend Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. And then that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, you can find us anywhere else you get a podcast. Uh, show us some love there. Rate it and review it. 
Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, look for Dudes on Movies. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Yeah. So now, question of the week, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this week's question of the week? Um, what is a serious film from your childhood? Yeah, one you are obsessed with. Yes, not Goonies. Exactly. We, we we already talked about how we how much how many times you watch Goonies and Three Amigos and whatnot. But please tell me, <laughs> uh, please tell us what what was a serious movie like this one that you saw during childhood that really affected you. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. So stay tuned next week when we do 1990s Total Recall, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. I wanted something easy and fun, so yeah, we're yeah. doing this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.